Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023. And as we do each week, let's just begin with a brief moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world. And of course, with those of us who are here today on this webinar, and also with all men and women of goodwill who are recipients of the inpouring energies that's released through the Triangles Network. And after we take that moment of silence, let's work together by sounding the noontime recollection, which is so appropriate during this Gemini full moon period. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So working today in this first or second day of distribution, depending where you live on the planet of the energies of the Gemini full moon, we have another important opportunity to come together and focus on the work of triangles, the work of the distribution of the importing energies. And we work each week and each day to stimulate the triangles network and in this webinar, we provide a platform for people to come together and work with a meditative visualization in support of this work. And we also come together to introduce triangles to people who are new to it. And so if you are new to this work, we'll say welcome. And we hope that you will agree after learning somewhat about triangles to form a triangle. And if you would like to do that, or if anyone who is already a member of Triangles, you can simply place your name in the chat box and two other people will hopefully uh, agree and two of them will sign up to work with you. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. It involves a daily practice of linking with two other people um, and visualizing a golden triangle of light connecting the three of you. And then you connect your triangle with the larger planetary network of all triangles workers throughout the world. And then you sound the great invocation, a powerful world prayer through which the energies of light, love, and power can be released on our planet, helping to uplift consciousness. So it's a rather simple technique. It's a daily practice and it takes only a few minutes. So it can be fit even to, into the busiest of schedules. So we hope that you will agree to join with us and we always appreciate the opportunity to expand the planetary network. And then today uh, we have a rather special uh, webinar 
in alignment with the special day through which we're passing. Um, we have three guests and a fourth presenter. Uh, so we say we have four guests, actually. Um, we have Dot Naver from the Global Silent Minute, um, who's a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom and has presented many times on the webinar. We welcome her. And then we have Eduardo Grimalia, also a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom, who has also presented numerous times on the webinar. And then we have a new presenter, but not a new member of Triangles, uh, Catherine O'Brien from Queensland, South Island of New Zealand. Um, and so she's had to get up quite early to be with us. And so we appreciate that sacrifice. And she describes herself as an eternal student with an interest in writing, research, astrology, sound, music, and singing. And then to conclude our work today, for those of you who may have been at the London Arcane School Conference yesterday, there was a, a beautiful contribution by a Iranian woman who presented um, to the group the situation that's presently unfolding in Iran and the many challenges that people there are facing, particularly women. And so Nazanin had reached out to me earlier, hoping to be able to sound the great invocation in Persian on the webinar. And so I think that today would be the perfect day to conclude our work with that. So we have a, a very full uh, program today. So why don't we get with it and work together with our brief visualization to open the webinar. So let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, we visualize the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity. And visualize the circulation of these three planetary centers flowing in all directions around the triangle, merging and blending the three points filling the triangle with light. And now superimposed upon the triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. As we breathe in and invoke the spiritual will, we visualize this star as reflective of the world teacher, the mediator linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. And now we visualize those three spheres coming into such close interrelationship that they form one sphere. This is the sphere of the new group of world servers.
and we visualize that sphere full of a myriad of stars, golden stars, each linked through a golden thread with the inner ashrams. And we provide that link between the inner and outer worlds through the medium of this group. And we extend our group alignment towards the spiritual hierarchy. Breathing in that energy and breathing it out into the sphere of the new group of world servers and then into the larger sphere of the planet. Visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles. See the planet as being transformed as it is on the inner planes into a sacred planet. And visualize the energies being released through the five planetary inlets, through the medium of all the groups and individuals working everywhere. As we sound together the invocation of light. Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So as mentioned, this is the second day or first day of distribution of the energies of the Gemini full moon, culminating event in which our planet and humanity and the Christ are highlighted. Humanity within the three planetary centers becomes the focal point of these energies, but it's a dual festival, Gemini being the great sign of duality. So it's also the festival of the Christ is the festival when he stands as the God-man before the collected hierarchy and sounds various invocations, one of which, of course, is the great invocation. So it's a great festival of outpouring of the energy of love. For Gemini is one of the preeminent zodiacal energies through which we're told the second ray of love wisdom, representative, really, of the Buddha and the Christ, the Lord of Light, and the Lord of Love. They work together with the 
Lord of the world to form a powerful triangle. And the energies are then released to all humanity. So there's a palpable sense of the stimulation of goodwill, the stimulation of love. And these energies can bring about a unification and a lessening of the divisions which are so widespread at our time at this time in planetary history. So this is a great festival of hope, a great um, opportunity to work together. And uh, if any of you had also listened to a talk at the Arcane School Conference in London and a presentation by Wendy Berg, she spoke about the symbol which were given for the um, great law of sacrifice, which was a keynote for this festival's period chosen by the Arcane School. And the symbol of this um, fourth, first law is called the golden bird and the rosy cross. And so this golden bird is a, a beautiful symbol of the freedom of the soul. And this, it seems, um, the Tibetan relates to this law of sacrifice and to the influence of the fourth ray. And so we know that the fourth ray is now coming into manifestation and is providing its note and its color and its qualities to our planetary life in combination with the already existing other ray energies, which are the seventh ray, the second ray, the third ray. There are many different ray energies, but we might say that this fourth ray brings a particularly important um, energy into the mix. This, uh, this law of sacrifice is also known as the law of those who choose to die. And so there's a sense that this energy is related to that ultimate liberation, which spiritually speaking is not, of course, just related to physical plane death, but also to the death of the personality and the freedom of the soul, which can be achieved as the personality comes under the higher influences of that soul. And so these are qualities, these are energies that are becoming abundantly available in our world today. And we know that ultimately this influx of the idea of freedom comes ultimately for our planetary life and particularly for our hierarchy and the Christ through the medium of the great star Sirius. And we're told that the idea of freedom as it exists on this great second ray star is such that we could not even touch it at our level of understanding. The idea of freedom is linked ultimately with divine order of the highest nature. And we humans in our misunderstanding of the term freedom, we would think of it generally as completely opposite to this idea of order. We think of order as a regimentation that so often usurps our freedoms. And that is the way it is manifesting 
um, in much of our world today. Humanity has grasped onto this lower idea with the incoming of the seventh ray, this lower manifestation of seventh ray energy, which is seeking to control humanity and to usurp our freedoms. And so it's really important for us to do what we can as a group, um, because certainly we can't tap into Syrian energy alone and unaided. It can only be really tapped into by those who have taken the third degree. And so therefore we can perhaps stand on the fringes of that group, that inner group, and work to, um, as a group, provide a channel for this inflow-pouring energy of freedom. And as um, many of you will know, it's said by the Tibetan that this influx of freedom is very related to the Lords of Liberation, who are a triangle of energy, extraplanetary lives, much closer to us than the distant star Sirius. And so I'm sure the Syrian energies pour through this triangle. And the, the Tibetan has said that we can, we have to, in order for our invocation, that's why I'm really talking about this, in order for our invocative work to have resonance, to have effectiveness, it has to be coupled with a continually deepened understanding of freedom. A new formulation of freedom is always needed to be on the horizon, and that it is this pondering on what true freedom is, which I think can be particularly um, understood when we work at this Gemini full moon and the upcoming Leo full moon. We can seek to penetrate more deeply as a group into what true freedom might mean for humanity. Um, because the Tibetan says the underlying spirit of freedom will triumph as it, is, as it is organized into revolt against slavery. And to this end, the seventh ray will increasingly make contribution. So we're not necessarily the people who are going to revolt, revolt against slavery on the outer planes, but inwardly, that's our intention. And through that intention, the masses of humanity will do what they can to achieve a measure of freedom in our world. So on this first, second day of distribution of the energies, the Syrian energies pouring through the heart of the sun, pouring through Venus and the earth, we have the opportunity to work together in our meditation to strengthen the invocative appeal that this group can send forth. So let's now going to come together and work in our meditation. Integrating as a group. Standing at the center of the cross on the mental plane. Linking in thought as a soul, point of light and love. With all people throughout the world who are working 
in this triangles meditation group. And as a group standing together, we project a rainbow bridge into the spiritual hierarchy and sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. And now visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Now extending the alignment from the individual triangle to the group soul to the heart of love the world teacher we hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love Precipitation. 
Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Standing together as a group, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
distribution, sounding the great invocation silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center, which we call, from the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now, Dot, um, I'll give a warm welcome to you. Mm, thank you, Kathy. Yeah, it's good to be with everyone today as we are in this day of distribution of this really powerful Gemini full moon. And, you know, as you were talking about a new formulation of freedom and always heading toward that uh, deeper understanding, Kathy, and uh, the revelation and liberation. <clears throat> it's really one of the themes of the Global Silent Minute. As we understand more and more about silence as action, and in that silence, a simultaneous intentional invoking of global cooperation, peace, and freedom. And it occurred to me that as you were sharing that 
Kathy, that you know we know uh, within the book ex, uh, externalization of the hierarchy that humanity has actually had an unexpected uh, response or absorption, right, of spiritual energies mm-hmm. that is allowing a lot to happen right now. That what you know those who assist us, help guide us, and are beyond us a bit, we're anticipating a couple thousand years down the road. So we actually hold quite a share of responsibility within the world group, and we can really make a difference working in full cooperation. So the, the esoteric keynote, as we know, for Gemini is I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. And if we substitute humanity for I, humanity recognizes its other self. And in the waning of that self, humanity grows and glows. And I love the theme of triangles with that right now, where Gemini, as we know, is the lead point of every of Aries Libra. We could go right around the zodiac, right? Those, every triangle. So when we get to Gemini, what happens? And what's the triangle? And Kathy, you speak to that very beautifully. And, and we look at the constellations of the Pleiades and the Great Bear, which has such a deeper meaning. So right now, if we are willing as a world group to really step up our share of responsibility with this simultaneous, intentional, invoking, really demanding uh, an evocative response, uh, we can assist with sealing the door where evil dwells and, and restoring the plan on earth specifically by using the great invocation uh, and doing that in group unity with a, with a deep understanding and intention as we sound it, uh, as is said, with the true spiritual love of the soul and with serious recognition of the will aspect knowing that the secret of the will lies in the recognition of the divine nature of humanity. And if we are not standing on that threshold right now, I don't, I don't know where we are. So thank you. I, I look forward to the conversation and hearing from the other presenters. Thank you, Dot. Thank you for those opening words, setting a high note for our discussion today and for your work with the Global Silent Minute and bringing to human attention the power of thought, carrying on the work of Wesley Tudor Paul. It's wonderful. So, uh, Eduardo, let's ask you to unmute your microphone. Hi, Eduardo. Hi, Kathy. Hello, everyone. Well, uh, yeah, I was also thinking about freedom, but in in my case, uh, these days I've been pondering on invocation of science. Um, so there's uh, a question with filled my thoughts. In what sense is invocation a science? So is invocation the same as a prayer? Uh, years ago, when I first read about the science of invocation and evocation, I was surprised to see it associated with the word science. And in my mind, there was no difference between prayer and invocation. Mm-hmm. Then I understood that the key lies precisely in the word science. Prayer is given 
driven by a longing for divine assistance evoked in order to end some kind of suffering or in support of a desired goal. When it is not a mechanic repetition, it holds a heartfelt devotional note and is always followed by the expectation or hope that the launched prayer will be heard and responded to. Heard by whom, one may wonder. So another fact came to the surface, this being that a prayer is often addressed to a transcendent God who acts, bestows gifts from outside the world. It goes without saying that a prayer can be a very noble attempt to truly help the world. And in many cases, it produces amazing results, sometimes amounting to what we humans call miracles. The very fact that we call these results miracles is a proof that we do not know its laws and underlying principles. But on the other hand, invocation, evocation is a science because it is based on the knowledge of inner causes and relies upon the experience of thousands of human beings who trusted those principles, put them into practice and eventually became truly divine. They had faith in those who preceded them and had the courage to experiment with those principles, implement them, test them, to finally prove them effective. So one of the keys to their success is that the sort of appeal they managed to produce is directed to a God who is not different from his so-called creation. It's a God who is immanent in it, that, that is a higher being who is manifesting in through an ass form. And this way the response comes as, as a direct result of the scent invocation and magic can be produced. So an invocation must first of all be correctly enunciated. It, it must have an efficient form, a certain use of a language, which allows one to build a clear-cut thought form. And of course, it, it involves the participation of a higher mind and as well as a trained use of the will. So we see that what we call invocation is profoundly esoteric in nature, not only mystical, devotional. It, it is driven by an intelligent understanding of the law which links the macrocosm with the microcosm. So we speak of it as science, because when the invocative appeal is achieved correctly, the evocative response from above, so to say, is as inevitable as the result of a scientific law. This is the point when we understand that not only words, but a life can become invocative. So what, what we have received as a great invocation is the closest possible translation into modern language of an age-old invocation. We know what it consists of. And behind the great invocation lies the whole power of the hierarchy. And even when it uses familiar words, these are just vessels for higher truths, which exceed the capacity of our modern languages to signify. So we assume it is a very powerful form of invocation and it's named the great invocation with a superlative at the beginning is a hint that there's something very special about it. So, uh, saying the great invocation, we, we must know this in this day of, of, of world invocation. It implies our willingness to become channels. And it is for a reason that this ancient mantra is pronounced at the end of a meditation as an agent of distribution of the generated energy. Yeah. So 
in the midst of, of, of a deep human crisis, as we say, we may feel tempted to disregard the yet invisible, though undeniable effect of the invocative power and be tempted to come into the conclusion that anything we may do turns out to be just a drop of water in a deep ocean. Yeah. And I think, yeah, right. We, we all have that feeling nowadays. I, I think it is important for us to realize that so many things happen on higher levels, which our physical brain is yet unable to register. And the Tibetan has told us so, to have confidence in those who teach and wait patiently for the inevitable results. Uh, well, these these were the thoughts that came to me to me these days. Um, so, uh, in a way, uh, as regards to great invocation, uh, a large number of people may adopt it as a prayer, and that is all right. Yeah. While those able to focus their minds and invoke their spiritual will can learn to use it with its full power, I would say. Yes. Thank you so much, Eduardo. Yeah, you're reminding me of something. I've always still find it curious, but it was when Alice Bailey first recited publicly or unveiled the Great Invocation. It was at the Gemini full moon in a hotel room in New York. And she made sure that none of the hotel workers could enter. It was kind of a closed sacred space, although in a hotel room. And she asked when she recited it for the first time to the group of mostly arcane school students, she told, she asked them to listen, to just listen to the sound of the words, to not, almost like to not pay attention to the meaning of the words at that moment and just feel themselves in the presence of the sounds of the words. So it was a very interesting directive, which I'm sure must have come from the Tibetan and perhaps was needed to launch it. But as you said, um, there are many different ways to use it. And of course, the the more mental approach is what we're usually um, asked to do. But I thought that was very curious and interesting the way she um, first presented it. Well, you know, the power lies in sound. Yeah. And the meaning takes care of itself, so to say. The mantra I mean, yeah. may have many layers, so to say, but in a way, the power is transmitted through sound. Yeah. And focus, I think. Uh, yeah. A, a focused mind. Um, a, 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 an example from very recently when in a situation involving the death of someone, I decided to silently say the great invocation with as much focus and I tried to imagine the right pronunciation in my mind as much as I was capable of. And one could feel the atmosphere of uh, of despair fade out and being replaced by a special kind of silence. Yeah. Of course, this is subjective, right? (laughs) But at that moment, the transformation seemed so real to me. And, you know, I related this to the Gemini keynote, but I, I, I... perceived a waning of that recognized personal condition of sorrow and despair yeah. and a special light, a soul yeah. in which could be seen growing and glowing. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. A woman that I was once interviewing about triangles said that when she heard about the Twin Towers coming down, her immediate reaction, and also in, in terms of other dire events unfolding on the planet, was to sit down and sound the Great Invocation. So yeah. I'm sure that's something we can all contribute to. I, I, another thing that I found really interesting about the synchronicity of the first uh, World Invocation Day, not the first giving out of the Great Invocation, but this was in 1952 at the Gemini full moon. We're told that was the first uh, declaration of this day of World Invocation. And coincidentally, or not coincidentally, um, this day coincided with the first uh, reaching of the heights and scaling to the to the summit of Mount Everest by Edmund oh. Hillary and Tenzing Norgay. And How so symbolic that is. Yes, right. <laughs> that was That's coincided. Amazing. Yeah, very interesting. Because as you know, the Tibetan had said that the hierarchy was watching with great interest the attempts to some to reach that summit, and that when we did when humanity did, it would be a symbol of initiation. And so yeah. quite powerful that it occurred synchronistically with that first World Invocation Day. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So thank you so much, Eduardo. And we'll come back to you in a little while after we hear from Catherine. Um, Catherine, can you unmute your microphone? Hi, Catherine. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Cool. Oh, and afternoon and evening, wherever you are on the planet. It's a little bit faint. You're, can you get closer to a microphone? Or okay. Use, um, that's a little better. That's better? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you all for the um, wonderful words this morning. Um, very inspirational. And um, Eduardo's words also reminded me of the book by John Burgess on the Great Invocation. Mm -hmm. And he explores all of the um, symbology and the energy behind it. That's a really interesting book. Um, so I sort of had three themes come to mind when thinking about um, the Gemini full moon. Um, the first being the etheric field and that Gemini relates to the etheric field. And um, it seems that the full moon, the Christ energies are more tangible and permeate humanity more in that way. So the Aries full moon um, being the seeding of ideas, the Taurus full moon relating to the ideas being clothed in desire, and then the Gemini full moon relating the ideas to the etheric so they can start to manifest and permeate. So um, in the month of Gemini, um, the energies seem more tangible and palpable as the second ray being, um, as was said, the only ray to pervade Gemini and as the underlying ray of the solar system as a whole um, impulses through this full moon. Um, I found a website online which has a map of the Earth with weather patterns, and it kind of gives a nice symbolic image of um, the energy moving around the planet. Um, and one can also visualize the, the network of triangles as we do in the triangles work. Um, and there's a quote in the written material, which I'll um, put in the chat um, about Gemini being related to the etheric. Uh, the second theme was the theme of brotherhood. And um, 
perhaps humanity has a ways to go for this concept to be recognized globally, but um, it underlies the new group of world service and it's the essential premise that humanity is, is one being, um, perhaps related to the anima mundi. Um, the Tibetan says, the word is a statement of the underlying origin and goal of humanity and is the keynote of the fourth kingdom in nature, the human. Brotherhood is a great natural fact. All men are brothers under the divergences of color, creed, cultures, and civilizations. There is only one humanity without distinction or differences in its essential nature, in its origin, its spiritual and mental objectives, its capacities, its qualities, and its mode of development and of evolutionary unfoldment. In these divine attributes, all men are equal. It is only in relation to time and in the extent to which progress has been made in the revelation of innate divinity in all its fullness that temporary differences become apparent. The true expression of this realized brotherhood must inevitably come through the establishing of right human relations and the cultivation of goodwill. Um, and the third theme that came to mind was um, the festival of Pentecost, which always occurs within a couple of weeks of the Gemini full moon. And it has similar themes um, to the Gemini festival, talks of right human relations, um, of the universal universal language, so this notion of sound or vibration, as Eduardo mentioned, um, and um, one that every nation um, can understand. So just as Easter is close to the Aries full moon, um, Pentecost, which is 50 days from Easter, is near the Gemini full moon, and both of these festivals relate to the Christ principle. Um, the Tibetan says of Pentecost, um, it's the symbol of right human relations in which all men and nations will understand each other, and through speaking in many and diverse languages, will know only one spiritual speech. And from Raisin, the initiations, Pentecost signifies the universal dissemination of the Christ consciousness throughout all time in the heart of every human being. So yeah, those were some thoughts. Thank you so and much, yeah. Catherine. Beautiful contributions to this triangle of sharing here that we have today. Um, yeah, the, it, it's an important point you highlight about the etheric being um, the manifestation of the energies through the etheric at this full moon uh, following upon Aries and Taurus and then concretizing them in, ca in Cancer. So it's a, mm -hmm. it's a great uh, chain there. Sure. So it's really wonderful. And I wanted to now have a demonstration of another aspect of your work in a video that that you've, you're singing a song. Would you like to introduce this song in any way before we hear it? Uh, I'm not sure which one you're going to play, but um, 
Um, let me see. It's this one. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, this is a Māori waiata, which is um, talks about glory, the glory of God or glory to God. So, yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so here we go. Ete atua, kaharaua, mana ki te amato. Ete atua, kaharaua, o mai to materanga. so much um could you uh, Catherine would you be able to play this in the chat where people can find this song because some people have asked for it um, okay. it's probably your youtube channel is that the best yes. place yep i'll um find the link to it put it in the chat thank you cool. and steve wisely corrected me <laughs> uh <laughs> about the first first sounding of this uh the it wasn't on World Invocation Day. It was on the year after World Invocation Day, 1953. But I do remember looking up the date, and that was the confusion. Um, it was a full moon. So I did, I did check that and uh, when they reached the top. So it was World Invocation Day, but the second one. So thank you so much, Steve, for, for pointing that out. And now I'd like to ask Nazanin to unmute her microphone. And as I mentioned, I wanted to ask Nazanin to sound the Great Invocation in Persian as a 
follow-up to the beautiful presentation yesterday at the London conference about the need for liberation and greater freedom in her home country. So Nazanin, on short notice, uh, agreed to do that. So Nazanin, can you, if you wanted to say any words about it or about the work in, in Iran, that's, you, we're welcome to. Hi, Kathy. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a great opportunity for me, actually, today. This is a special day, uh, writing the great invocations in Persian. But um, as you, Eduardo, mentioned, so just please uh, listen to the sound, not the language. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, previously we were actually with some of the students of Arkham schools, um, tried to translate this uh, scripts into the Persians and um, for the people around the world in Persian languages to um, speak and uh, um, use it. So uh, fortunately, uh, these great invocations is very popular among the people that we are working with and they love this, uh, uh, this great invocations. And, we were using it uh, not um, for the full moon or in the meditations uh, ceremonies that we have, uh, also in um, all the ceremonials uh, that we have, even um, if someone's actually um, living here and um, have the, what is it, as the going to upper. Um, so we will uh, recite this uh, invocations in Persians and it has a very, very strong uh, influences for everyone. So if you let me, I will actually recite it for you. Yes. Thank you. As Nukhtay Noor, Darun Zihn Parvardegar, Obzar Noor, Dar Zihn Insan Ha Jari Gerdar. Obzar Noor, Dar Zamin Nazir Gerdar. As Nukhtay Mehr, درون قلب پروردگار بگذار مهر در قلب انسانها جاری گردد باشد تا آن موعود به زمین بازگردد از مرکزی که در آن اراده پروردگار شناخته می شود بگذار قصدی والا هدایتگر خواستهای کوچک انسانها باشد آن قصدی که اساتید میشناسند و در خدمت آن هستند از مرکزی که آن را نژاد انسان میخوانیم بگذار فرهمه و نور اجرا گردد تا در به قرارگاه شر را محرموم کند بگذار تا نور و مه و اقتدار آن ته را در زمین احیا کنم Thank you so much, Nazanin. And since it's 9 p.m. GMT, Dot, could you just lead the group as a closing moment of the, the Global Silent Minute? Yes, thank you. Let me grab the bowl. So let us prepare to enter 
the Global Silent Minute that is dedicated to global cooperation, peace, and freedom as we hold in our hearts the power of identification with the whole. So with a deep breath, we activate the spirit of peace in our hearts. And with another breath, we unite our hearts across distance. And now we invite all those on the other side of the veil to assist, to cooperate with us as we distribute these energies. the great invocation of this Gemini full moon and of our consistent call for global cooperation, peace, and freedom. Shanti. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. <laughs>